time, my brother. Here we go. Back at it, talking podcasts. Always a pleasure to do with you, my friend. Tim, this evening, you know, it's funny. When we last did our episode, you kind of made a, a joke like, hey, maybe we'll return back to true crime to get back in our wheelhouse. Well, here we are. And I think we can qualify this show as true crime. I think it would self-describe it as that. So this is strange and unexplained with Daisy Egan. And Tim, let me just read a little bit of the show description to help set the context here. From executive producer Patrick Hines and the Obsessed Network comes a new podcast about all the things that make us wonder. Each week, we'll tell you a story that will fascinate and terrify you. It goes on from there, but I think you get the general gist from that. And dude, I want to start off with a constructive complaint. And I want to be careful in doing so because you and I are podcasters as well. Um, And it's about advertisements. And we try and get advertisements every now and there. Every podcaster should be out there trying to do what they can do to monitor. No concerns with that at all. For me, though, the style of show you have is going to lend itself to where you want to place an ad. Um, I think you and I typically do it right off the front. And some people would say, well, you can encourage people to click away and not tune into your show. I get all that. It's, it's a really tough thing to figure out. For this show, we got into the show. The story was starting to build a little bit of suspense. And then it dropped right into ad read. And if there's anything that's true crime, heightened drama, suspenseful building. I think to put an ad read intertwined between those segments is the absolute wrong move. And I have some other concerns about this show, but that really just right from the jump detracted from me. And am I being overly critical? Or are you with me on that? Well, to be fair to the show, I think some of the sponsors almost like insist. I think it's almost a marketing technique, right? You're kind of, you're getting sucked into the show. You're starting to buy in. And then boom, they hit you with an ad. I think that's done intentionally, man, to make the ad more more effective. And um, I, I don't I don't have a problem with it, man. Okay, fair enough. But let me just challenge you one point on that. Yeah. Okay. Is it about like the podcaster and the art and the audience, or is it about the advertiser rolling the day? It should right. not. I mean, now, go ahead. Now you're getting into the chicken and the egg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they might not have a podcast without the ads, man. You know. Um, I don't know, I but I I, I get you. Um, I I understand your your concern, and I, I appreciate it. And you're you're probably like you probably represent a large chunk of folks out there that that you know it kind of threw threw you off. So I I think it's a legitimate concern for me personally. It it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah, and again, I want to restate. Um, you and I have had ad reads at the beginning of our show, and that might alienate people from get-go who never even give us a shot to listen. So I want to be fair in my doling out and acknowledging it for us as well. Well, and we can circle back because actually that's a very interesting criticism because I can get elaborate onto some of my critiques about the show on why you bringing that up almost maybe is a poignant uh, concern as well. And we can elaborate my, my initial reaction to the show is, Oh man, like I think the show's got potential. I like the stories and the topics, but I can tell you why I really had a, I had a big problem with we'll, the show. We'll, we'll go as right well. ahead and listen. And I'll just say this real quick. I will co-sign. I listened to the first episode the story they picked was intriguing. 
I thought the delivery fell flat, though. So you go ahead, and then we'll volley back and forth. So do you do you even know who Daisy Egan is? I'm not familiar with her. I Googled her. So apparently she's an actress, won a Tony. She's a legitimate actress. And from what she kind of hinted at in this first episode, she was more of a child actress. Did you pick up on that vibe as well? She was able to secure a home purchase from a young age, something to that effect? She mentioned on one of the show because uh, she has a tendency to maybe uh, elaborate on some personal info, <laughs> yeah. and we can get in, into that as well, uh, that she starred and she was a child starred some tv show but then she ended up acting on broadway and winning a tony which is you know commendable legit heck yes uh maybe she should focus on broadway but well it well go ahead continue with your thoughts let's not be mean okay go ahead so right and as i'm thinking i'm like you know we've stated as a mission on the show like we won't review a podcast if we don't like it well actually let me clarify, and I'm sorry to keep cutting you off. If someone hits us up and is like, hey, would you check out my show? If we don't like that, we typically won't turn around and review that because someone reached out to us and I don't want to betray someone in, in having hit us up like that. But if you and I just discover a show on our own and we're not that into it, we will absolutely give constructive critiques and share that we weren't into it. We never look to be mean spirit or... or, or poke fun at people um but we've offered constructive criticism in the past we won't entirely shy away i think where you and i really won't do something is if someone approaches us and it just doesn't land well out of respect for them we just kind of opt to, to not even cover it is that a fair synopsis yeah fair enough so uh, let me get into the specifics on what were the problems i have with the show and like i said the, the good stuff is like I thought this first episode, The Watcher House, was a cool story. You know, we're, we're kind of Philadelphia centric dudes. So the part of New, I think the New Jersey town is close by. It's like southern New Jersey, like very rural Garden State-esque. So that, that kind of piqued my interest, too, from like a local angle. And it was a cool story. Um, it's the, the Watcher House, basically this family buys this, their dream house. Um, you know, it's a, a million dollar house and they're putting a lot of work into it and they have a family and like right away as they're doing remodeling the house, they get these creepy letters um, from a, presumably a, a, a neighbor. And, you know, I, I can give the listeners a flavor of what the let- letter sounds like. Let's do this. Uh, let, let's listen. The letter read. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. So they get this letter and the guy's like, you know, uh, I'm the watcher of the house. My father was the watcher and my grandfather watched the house in the 20s. And he states the family, you know, uh, do you know what's within the walls of the house? And do you know what lies within? So all these like creepy you know, tone to it. So uh, I thought the story was cool. And I was like, all right, man, this is kind of like a a creepy, mysterious thriller type of real, real true story. 
So quick question for you. Two quick questions. Um, Did that voice actor reading the letter remind you of anyone? Oh, man, that's an interesting um, because I thought the voice actor was perfect because like I kind of got like a picture in my head of like the creep that could potentially be the watcher. But no, nothing's ringing a bell here, dude. Dude, I kept thinking Rain Wilson every time the guy was at Oh, right. But, but yeah. I don't think he would do that. And also the uh, radio rental, like that would seem like a conflict of interest. But I could not get Rain Wilson out of my head when I kept hearing the dramatic uh, readings of the letters. That's cool. Yeah, no, that's that's a compliment. Indeed. Um, I don't know who the reader is. I Did, tried poking around in, to see. I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. I only saw uh, a reference to Daisy Egan in credit. So I'm not sure who that might have been. Right. So the, the show sets up cool, right? I'm creeped out by the story. I'm in and just throughout the show, Mike, she, she pauses with these jokes that don't land, dude, and are not funny. So I was trying to like, how can I be nice about it? And I'm, maybe just the brand of humor is not for me. I'm thinking, you know, for for people that are interested in the show or do like the show, maybe like if your brand of humor is like Samantha B or Chelsea Handler, uh, you might find Daisy Egan funny. Uh, I didn't like, and it bothered me. Well, and here's the thing, Tim. It I could completely a thousand percent co-sign your sentiment. I have a typed in note that just says humor falls a bit flat for me. And first off, it's hard to be funny. So I'm really not knocking Daisy and stating that that's just what my reaction to their brand of humor was. It didn't land with me, but it, to me, it undercuts and undermines any dramatic or suspenseful return from this story. Either you got to be all in on building the suspense and having creepy, spooky stories, or you got to be sort of all in on just being goofy, but you can't expect to get any audience return from the suspense creep factor if you're constantly undermining it with sort of the the comedic interludes. It's just it the, the two styles don't complement each other. They only like contrast from each other. And I wrote again, mixing snark with suspense doesn't work for me. That was another line I typed out while I was listening. And it just... I didn't have any interest to go on to listen to any episodes beyond that because I felt like, okay, I got what the show's looking to be and it just wasn't compelling for me, man. And it's a shame though, because I think there's something there, but maybe at the end of the day, radio rental has already perfected this in that they have the comedic goofy stuff with rain Wilson as an intro, but then when it gets into the story, the story is unperturbed. It's delivered entirely by the person that experienced the creepy event. And it's all drama and suspense. When the story concludes, it goes back to the Rain Wilson character being goofy. And I thought Radio Rental nailed this formula. And sure, there's plenty of room to be another type of show like that. But this doesn't hit the notes of allowing the suspense to set into your bones. It just keeps undermining itself. Let me, I, I grabbed a clip of some of the, the brand of humor uh, that's going on here. So I'll, I'll play what we're talking about for the listeners here. I mean, obviously the kids didn't buy the house because kids are useless resource vampires. I should know. I have one. So just stuff like that. Like just, I, you know, um, I, I just didn't find funny, you know, 
And it seems like they're spending time to like insert these jokes. So, you know, I don't know if she's getting people to write the jokes for her or if these are like improv, like during the recording of the show. Um, Just just wasn't wasn't my brand of humor. Yeah. And I found myself. So in the first half, I was hanging in there. The third quarter, I was waning in interest. And by the fourth quarter, like the back end of the episode, I was like, all right, guys, like, let's wrap it up here. Is the story going to conclude? And I wasn't mad at them that they identified a story that didn't have a clean ending. That's okay. Not all stories have clean endings. And maybe it's even creepier that this wasn't solved and it's still kind of hanging out there that whoever was perpetrating these demonic letters to this family is still unknown. That's kind of cool into itself. But I found myself not caring anymore because it just it just rambled on in the format of this output. Now, I know you listened beyond episode one. Was it more of the same or did they get into a little bit of a different groove at any point? So, right. So I, I listened to each of the episode that's been out. So the Bermuda Triangle and uh, the Elevator story. Uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by the Bermuda Triangle. So anything about the Bermuda Triangle, I'm in. And again, man, like, it was well researched. Like she told cool stories. She she actually uh, picked up a, a most recent Bermuda Triangle story. It was like I think from 2012 or 2016. Oh, wow. It was a group of like refugees from um, Bahama or you know so, someone like that. And the plane. It was like only four or five years ago or something. And um, there's no record or trace of where any of these people went they got lost in the Bermuda Triangle. And then she told another story of a military air force operation, like a training operation of where um, all the pilots went missing. So uh, super fascinating, super cool, uh, super interesting, super well-researched, but then man, with the little quips and the jokes and the jabs and like, I don't like, I, I guess like she's talking to like her, her a, bu- a bunch of friends at the coffee shop. Just I, I guess I wouldn't be one of those friends, man. <laughs> yeah, and look, it is very well possible you and I are not the intended audience, and this is going to have an incredible reaction to a certain set of people that are just going to love sort of the more lighthearted look at suspenseful stories. May I? I don't doubt that there's potentially an audience for that because. It is nice to have a break from the slasher style guts and, and gore, serial killer stuff. That that stuff gets overdone sometimes. So to be able to take a different approach to suspense and creepy stories is neat. This just wasn't it for me. Um, and, and I just can't really hang in beyond a little bit I heard. So, dude, I, I did you want to get to another clip before we wrap up with our parting thoughts or – yeah, I'll, I'll play one one more clip, and this isn't you know this isn't a joke per se, but again, this is like one of these quips that you know she editorializes through throughout the podcast, and it's just they they come out of left field, and like I mean I, I think like this kind of thing that she's saying would land without like seventeen percent of of the audience, so what why even say it? So let's let's listen. They said the quantity of typos and errors showed erratic behavior. Listen. If typos are the litmus test for erratic behavior, then I must be a complete mess, which checks out. The profile also found a seething anger toward wealthy people, but I mean, who isn't seethingly angry at wealthy people? Am I right? Are you seethingly angry at wealthy people, dude? Like, <laughs> I, I, uh, am I a creep for saying I aspire to be uh, one? I mean, is that, yeah. are we like frowning on that these days? 
I don't know, man. So, you know, again, so just stuff like that, like that just is like, I don't think, you know, it goes just way over everyone's and just like, all right, why, why even bring that up in this podcast? So, And by the way, it's funny when I was um, writing down some notes too, I, I also wrote a note, um, don't love the delivery by uh, uh, like hipster millennial snark. Like, and I wasn't saying that to be me. That was just like, oh, but she's not, she's Gen X. She's one of our uh, generation. So she's not really um, like a, a younger generation either. She's one of us. So, but yeah, I listen, I think we can go around and around on this. I think you and I are on the same page, not knocking. This is potentially uh, something that some folks can get into out there. I am not one of those people. Um, I do wish the show well and wish, wish Daisy well for sure. I would uh, constructively offer to them, think about putting your ad placements in a different area, even if it's just at the very onset, then you allow the show to unfold. It really kind of killed the vibe for me, even the the comedic banter aside. Um, so that's it, man. I'm not going to be compelled to, to tune back into this, uh, but I do wish the show well. Tim, what are your parting thoughts here on Strange and Unexplained with Daisy Egan? So I'm going to bring a full circle because I def I have a clip that pertains to your advertising situation. Okay. Yeah. So let's just listen to this this final clip I pulled, man. When spending 1.4 million dollars on a home, you want to put your own stamp on it and make sure it doesn't remind you of whatever riffraff was there before you. And when you spend 1.4 million on a home, you are likely to have another hundred thousand to throw in on the decoration because capitalism is working for everyone. So we're supposed to find funny that uh, she's criticizing capitalism because the family spent a million dollars on their dream house, but yet she has ad advertising in her show. So just totally like, I, you know, I don't know. There's, there's a disconnect there, man. And it's not funny and it just, it makes no sense. Yeah. So, so I, I think disconnects all over for us with this one, but it's all good. We might not be the intended audience and nowhere is there. Tim, uh, just any parting shots on life in yeah. general before we wrap, please go ahead. No. So, yeah. So again, when I'm like, you know, I guess we're, you know, I think we've brought up a lot of critiques here with the show, but I did listen to every episode they put out. And I stuck with it yeah. and I don't stick with a lot of shows. So the production's cool. The research is good. Um, the stories are fascinating. Uh, so, you know, so I'm thinking, all right, maybe I'm just not the intended audience. Um, like I said, if you kind of appreciate that brand of humor, I think you're really going to like the show. It's just not, not for me, man. But uh, otherwise, uh, I'm just happy to be uh, talking podcasts to you. So uh, I'm blessed in that regard. Yeah, I think that's a very fair and reasoned uh, bow wrapping you just put on this one. Dude, uh, on to the next one. I'm already looking forward to it, man. Later, dude. What's better than a mild-mannered dude and bro doing a podcast, you ask? How about a dad and a bro, or son rather? I want to tell you about a brand new podcast that has comfortably secured a spot in my super scarce and sacred subscription feed, and that is the Why Do We Say That Show. We listen to podcasts for all sorts of reasons to get our news, personal health, self-help, and most importantly to be entertained. What I love about the Why Do We Say That podcast is that it's light, fun, interesting, and most importantly, super entertaining. Did you ever wonder where some of life's most common adages and axioms come from, like the rule of thumb, 
23 skidoo. Beat around the bush, burning the midnight oil, or clean as the whistle, as well as much, much more and many other phrases. Well, the Why Do We Say That is a podcast hosted by Scott Kelly and his son Liam. They have a blast while engaging in funny and entertaining banter as they enlighten us about some of the English language's most common axioms. I know we all have Google at the touch of our fingertips, but why not listen to Scott and Liam and have a blast doing so instead? I'm all in on the Why Do We Say That podcast. Give it a listen today on your favorite podcasting platform. That's the Why Do We Say That podcast. Thank you. dude and a bro podcast show we are entrenched in podcasts we want to do for the world of podcasting what siskel and ebert did for movies back in the day so we love doing reviews of our favorite podcasts we love suggesting new shows to all the fine folks out there in the world and tim and i love debating topics from the latest and greatest episodes of our favorite podcast shows hey guys you would do us a huge favor if you could head over to podchaser.com Podchaser is your one-stop shop for all things related to podcasts and your favorite podcast shows. Search a dude and a bro podcast show and then leave us a review. If you could take a moment to drop a few lines about what it is you enjoy about a dude and a bro podcast show over on the Podchaser site, we'd be eternally grateful for your support. Thanks so much, guys.